one. Hi, everyone. My name is Ben, and I'm the worship director here at Crossroads. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ uh, by hitting that share button. And if you're new with us, feel free to hit that uh, new here link so that we can get to know you. So today, Leanne and I decided that we wanted to spend some time talking about worship. It's a word we often use at church, but what does it really mean? I'm going to first give a little introduction, and then we're going to have a time of musical worship together, followed by worship through scripture and prayer. All right, so first off, let's define it. According to Google, worship is defined as the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. A sampling of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines worship as extravagant respect or admiration for an object of esteem. Or as a verb, it's defined as to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. The term worship is actually a compressed form of the old English term worth-ship, which literally means to give something worth, um, especially to a deity or God. So we worth-ship God by communicating and demonstrating his value to us. And demonstrating value usually costs us something, whether that's our time, our finances, or both. So this is important to us because as Christians, it's easy to fall into a dry routine of something that looks like worship. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13, it reads, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We see here and elsewhere in the Bible that God is concerned with what is going on inside of our hearts and not just what we do on the outside. So now that we've quickly kind of defined what worship is, let's take a look at our role. A person who is only concerned with following the rules is like a slave. He or she serves God out of compulsion, where they're being forced to, or they serve him out of fear, or even just out of a sense of duty. A true worshiper of God, then, has the complete freedom to choose, but loves God so much that he or she chooses to serve and obey because God is valuable to them. This is similar to the Old Testament law found in Exodus chapter 21 regarding Hebrew slaves. In the seventh year, a Hebrew slave was to be set free. But in verses five through six, it says, but if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or their doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl, which was a sharp object. Then he will be his servant for life. We also see throughout the New Testament letters that Paul, James, Peter, and Jude all describe themselves as servants of Christ. Let's all just take a quick second to ask ourselves this one question. Do I personally love Jesus enough to choose to serve him forever?
Therefore, as Christians, we need to recognize that God does not want forced or fake worship. It has to come from a place of love and adoration in our hearts towards him. So then, we are servants of Christ. But the Bible also describes us as priests. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 9, it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So we as Christians are not only God's servants, but also his holy priesthood. Now, part of a priest's job was to set up the place where God and people came together to meet. It used to be the tabernacle, but now we are God's temple. Therefore, part of our job as God's priesthood is to minister to him, which means that we serve him. When we think about it this way, we realize that worship is actually not about us, nor is it for us, which can be so deceiving because of what we often feel when we worship. So many times we feel peace or joy during worship because we're reminded of who God is and how much he loves us, and we're also reminded that he's faithful to us and is always with us through his Holy Spirit. And those are all good things. But ultimately, worship is not for us to have good feelings. Worship is ultimately for God alone. It is for his pleasure, his heart, his opinion, his tastes, and his desires. So we worship him not just through music, but simply through everything we do that displays and communicates his value in our hearts. We worship him simply because he is worthy. So we're going to take some time now to praise God through music, not just for what he's done, but for who he is. We invite you to use the words and the music of these songs to express your love for God from the inside out. Three. Now, Lord, unveil our eyes. 
Show us your power. Show us, show us your glory,
And it's so awesome to have you share your gifts with us today. Hi, everyone. I'm Leanne. I'm the executive pastor here. And I am so honored to be part of this worship experience with you this morning of praising God with our song, reading some scripture, and spending some time together in prayer. Part of exploring worship today, as Ben so beautifully explained at the beginning of the service, is coming to God with our whole self, our hearts, our minds, our ears, our senses, everything. And sometimes it's helpful when we find time to worship during the week to change our surroundings to get out in nature. We're going to read Psalm 19 together in a moment, and it tells us how nature just speaks about God and shows us and reveals to us his character. Sometimes it's helpful to hold something. Um, If I could hand you a rock through the 